Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's very true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video and audio interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genre next month. I just did the interview yesterday. We're going to do something special. I talked to two authors, uh, both of whom I've interviewed for author before, Kevin O'Brien, the nicest writer about serial killers you'll ever meet, and uh, Garth Stein, he of The Art of Racing in the Rain, and um, uh, whose book has just hit number one for the first time. Yes, he's very happy about that. I just learned that. Well, anyway, I interviewed the both of them about the Seattle Seven, a wonderful group of uh, writers that's been around Seattle for 10 years, many of whom you've probably seen me interview on author or have had as guests on this show. Anyway, they're calling it quits this month, so I did a special retrospective conversation with those two guys who were two of the original members, and it was great, and that will be up very soon, so check it out, authormagazine.org. Also funded by the fabulous Pacific Northwest Writers Association. These fine people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and, well, you know, the Writer Conference coming up just a couple weeks. Uh, September 13th, I think is the day, starts. I'll be there. A whole bunch of other writers will be there. Agents and editors will be classes. I'm teaching a class on, on the old showing and not telling, but particularly in nonfiction, in personal essay. You know, very unusual. Also, writing is a spiritual practice. I'll be doing a panel with that. Anyway, lots of classes you can take. Uh, and there's still room if you want to sign up. PNWA.org. Go there and check it out. PNWA.org. Uh, you know, let's see. What am I going to be doing? Anything worth mentioning? You know, who cares? I don't want to talk about me right now. I want to talk to our guest, Marianne Leon. Oh, this is going to be good, people. Marianne's an actress, screenwriter, and essayist. Now, she had a reoccurring role on HBO Sopranos. You might have heard of it as Joanne Moltisante, who is Christopher Michael Imperioli's mother. But she has also appeared in films by John Sayles, Nancy Sovaca, and Martin Scorsese. Her essays and op-ed pieces on a variety of topics have appeared in the Boston Globe. She's married to Chris Cooper, an Academy Award-winning actor, and was Jesse Cooper's mother for 17 years. After his death, that's Jesse's, uh, in 2005, her essay on grief was published in Boston Globe. It was called He Was Our Touchstone, uh, and out of that grew her memoir, her wonderful memoir, Jesse, A Mother's Story, and... Uh, I should point out, I did not mention in the description here for the show, she's also the author of a more recent memoir, wonderful collection, uh, or me memoir from Beacon Press called Ma Speaks Up and a First Generation Daughter Talks Back. Speaking of talking, let's talk right now. Marianne, how are you doing? How are you? I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's good to have you on. You know, we have a lot in common in our own way. We're both Northeasterners uh, by mm -hmm. birth. Um, I was not a professional actor, but I did dabble in it very seriously early in my uh, creative life. And uh -huh. I fell on eventually the personal essay is one of my and sort of memoirs, my favorite and best means of communication. And a lot of that is true for you also, isn't it? Yes, I write a lot of essays. I, I've, um, 
I've published a lot in the Boston Globe, but also in Bark Magazine, Coastal Living, a ton of you know lit magazines. Right. I really like the essay, the form of yeah. the essay. And when I started writing um, my book about Jesse, the way I did it was to <laughs> because I was intimidated by long, long form prose. Right. I kind right. of tricked myself by saying, well, you're really just writing a series of essays. And, right. <laughs> um, and you're not really writing long-form prose. And uh, I took as my muse um, Abigail Thomas, who wrote Three Dog ah, Life. Of course, yeah. yes. I love Abigail. We had her on she's, the show. She was wonderful. She's fantastic. And I loved that she did nonlinear uh, she, did, uh, she told her story in a nonlinear yeah. way because that's what memory is. Yeah. You know, so. She, she um, is out of the box. I she really is. admire what she's doing yeah. with that. So, okay, but let's back up a little bit. So, uh, obviously, so you're married to an actress. So, I assume you did your, did your creative career and you were an actress in college. I assume your creative career sort of uh, began as a focus thing in as an actress or did you were you always having your hands in many in the, both the writing and the wrote, acting I always tools. kept I always kept journals and actually right. when I was when I was starting out as an actor I I, I wrote sketch comedy with three friends and we oh. had determined we decided that was the way we were going to get agents because right. it was a lot easier to get an agent to come and have a drink um in the village watching a an hour long show where they could laugh rather right. than, you know, Macbeth on Avenue D. So <laughs> that, right, was, right. Um, that was how I got my union card was, um, and that's kidding. how I got my first agent was. And that's, so we wrote sketch comedy first. That's what I did too. I was doing sketch comedy, and, although yeah. in Providence. But yeah, so you did sketch comedy. So you wrote and you kind of produced it yourself, I assume. You found a venue where you could do it yourself? Yes, yes. And it yeah. was, we we were asked to be, you know, at um, – Catch a Rising Star, and I mean, we would yeah. see Robin Williams would come in. I mean, no. see people come in wow. like that. But then, then we got asked to do a full length show on Theater Row in New York, and it, it was great. It was really, wow. you know, it was really fun. So, so that starts. But there, but the sketch comedy, you're writing and acting, so you're doing both. You're creating and you're performing. Right. And you're playing. Right. Oh, that must. So that was interesting. And but comedy, were, were you doing comedy just because it was easier to do or was that kind of your first love? I really love comedy and uh, I like to write comedy, too. I mean, one of the blurbs that I got for the Jesse book uh, was from Dennis Leary, who said that yeah. he laughed as much as he cried reading that book. And yeah. I thought it was really important to to put that blurb front and center, because a lot of people are afraid to read a book about the death of a child and disability, yeah. you know, yeah. so. Um, but I wanted to honor the fact that my son was the first person to get the joke at the table. Uh, you know, he was, right. you know, so there was a lot of humor in it and that's the way I wanted to honor him. So, yeah. Well, um, yeah, well, but I stopped. Oh, sorry. Uh, go, go ahead. On. Go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. I, I, you know, I, I stopped acting not long after we had Jesse. I started, you know, I was doing, but we both couldn't be away. Right. And uh, Chris's right. career was really picking up. And that's when I started writing screenplay. And that's what I wrote first was screenplay. And, and um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's really disciplined to write that stuff. You can't yeah. put anything extraneous into a no. script, you know. So it was a good discipline. 
Yeah, it's a it's so different because with the screenplay. I mean, the reason I think one of the reasons I didn't do it. I tried it for a little while. I went to L.A. and you know thought I'd do the screenwriting thing, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was a couple of reasons it wasn't a fit for me. But one is I am kind of a prose guy, like, mm-hmm. and I, it, and, and I it's, think, wasted. Like, it's wasted. It's wasted in is. the screenplay. Yeah. I remember I was reading. I, I got a hold of the copy of. Um, Basic Instinct, before it was produced, someone mm-hmm. had had it said, look at this, this guy got a million dollars for this. I, said, mm. I was new to Hollywood, so let me read this. And my criticisms were all about his prose, and I think mm-hmm. I was missing the point a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I quite got what they were looking for. So, But that, but there is that. Like you, you, you're, it's a different form that you're – it's such a skeleton. Right, but it does teach you um, to hone away extraneous uh, – not to overwrite. I think yes. because one yeah. thing must lead to another. Um, yes. You have to move things along, and I thought that helped me a lot. And also, dialogue does figure into both memoir and fiction. Yes. You know, yes. so yeah. it makes you hone those skills too. So, and you know, I'm unproduced, but I've sold screenplay and I've had them well, options too. So, yeah. you know, I have a friend who's making a great career, great living out in LA with nothing produced. Well, I suppose right? some things are about to get produced, but he's been making a great living for the last ten right. years, right. selling you can and really selling do stuff. That. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> no, it's only in Hollywood. All right, so <laughs> I want to get to Jesse because that was your first book. Right. Uh, unless there's one I'm not seeing. Uh, no, that but was were it, you, the first. That was it. So you obviously you published. He was our touchstone in Boston Globe. That was before the the uh, right. book. But were you writing other stuff for them as well before you published that essay? I can't remember. I think I had already written an essay called "The Wife," which was about what it's like to be on the red carpet when your husband's a uh, movie star and you're not, and how uh, bizarre how bizarre <laughs> yeah. it is to to watch yeah. the red carpet. And uh, it was a humorous uh, essay, but right. Um, I think that was the only thing I had published in the Globe before oh, then. Oh, okay. And then um, afterwards, um, I thought of writing the memoir, the long form, but I was I was intimidated by long form. I sure. actually, do you know about Grub Street in in Boston? It's a great yeah. organization. It's a writers' organization, yeah. and I joined Grub Street. I took a memoir class. And Got it. It was. It was really good to be in a group of people. It gave me incentive to finish, and uh-huh. I also got my agent by oh. going to there because um, she had an agent come and visit the class, and um, the teacher told me the next day, she said, you know, uh, we went out to dinner, and I told her, I didn't mention your name, but I said, there's a woman in the class who lost her son, and she's an actress, and she's writing, and she said, Oh, that's Marianne Leone. I was hoping she'd write a book. And I thought, oh, oh. wow. So wow. she's like following. That was excellent. Oh, so well, that's so nice. after I finished the manuscript, I was really happy to meet with her and and take her, you know, sign with her. So Sure. Yeah. And who who taught the class? Her name is Alexis Rizzuto. And um, she okay. writes mostly environmentalist stuff. Now that's what she's evolved what? into, really? but at that oh, point, wow. she was she was teaching memoir, and it was just helpful for me to get over my <laughs> my feeling of intimidation by sure. the idea of long long form prose. You know, I just yeah. it's because I'm I it's because I'm in awe of it. I you know I respect right. it so much. You know, and yeah. Well, so it, so it's an interesting book because you bounce around in time a little bit. It isn't told right. a straight linear. 
Um, right. And you're sort of talking to Jesse sometimes. So I guess very quickly, the story, I mean, at its core is you had a son with um, cerebral palsy who never really learned to speak, but had a very live mind and could right. communicate. He was, was nonverbal, but he right. – and he was right on the cusp of this um, – technological, you know, uh, right. advances that are happening. So he used a computer in school to um, take class. And, you know, he he got straight A's in school. He was a Latin right. scholar, and he wrote poetry with his, his computer. poetry was beautiful, by the way. Was, thank you. That was I, just stunning. I mean, really. I was, moved to, I was moved to tears not long ago by – I was invited to <clears throat> a poetry thing where people were reading and I read one of Jesse's poems and this poet came up to me afterwards who teaches at UMass and he he's a Pulitzer Prize winner and he said, you know, wow. I wish my graduate students wrote poetry the way right. I, I literally choked up when I told my husband that. Well, I will tell you, I will tell you that uh, I was talking to my wife because we both, mm-hmm. I was mentioning beforehand, I have a son we had to raise, he was on the spectrum and there were a lot of challenges uh, raising him, but I was—I remember the, there's a poem in, in there that where Jesse talks about how inside he can walk, but yeah. outside he's mute, and, and he talks yeah. about the difference between inside and, and I was just trying to recite it to Jen, and I couldn't get through it. I, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get Welcome through it. Welcome to my world. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, it, it, it caught me by surprise because I thought I was a battle-hardened parent, but no. Yes. So – so all right, so you so you, so this is interesting to me. So you've written screenplays. You're an artist, which you know, being an artist, it's it's important because you have an art, artist's relationship to life, a creative person's relationship, even if it's acting. I in and screenwriting, it's all uh, I think swimming in the same water. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Because I've worked with doctors and lawyers, and it's a different relationship sometimes. To although to, doctors sometimes can, the good ones are as yeah. curious as actors and writers. Absolutely. You know? Anyone yeah. can do it, can right. do it, but artists come right. at a different thing because they're just used to thinking a certain way. But but the book, like you said, the long form, that's a whole nother animal. I was, yeah. and, and by the way, not only is the long form a different animal, but the memoir is very particular. It's one thing yeah. to write a screenplay or a sketch comedy where it's yeah. people who aren't you, but this has got you in it and your son and your husband. And so right. there's a lot you had to, there was a lot of big learning curve. Absolutely. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you feel rel- did it take you a long time to get comfortable in it? Like how did that go? You know what? I I loved it because for me yeah. it was I've had people I have folders of parents who've written to me telling me that it helped them become warriors for their own children. And while that Good. is wonderful and lifts me up and makes me really happy, the whole reason I wrote this was selfish one. I had lost my son. I wanted to spend time with him and that's what I was doing. I was basically oh, spending time with him. And uh, yeah. you know, it was only afterwards that I realized that, you know, parents would write to me and say, you know, I'm going to fight for my, you know, you, you gave me a, a blueprint to, right. you know, to, because I kept saying, you know, it's on a small level. You just organize its grassroots. And, you know, for me, it was powered by pure rage. The idea that, you know, someone would, you know, not let my son attend school was, it was right. But, you know, it was interesting. Uh, you write memoir, and then you know a big publisher picked it up, Simon and Schuster, on the yeah. fourth run. And um, uh, I remember, you know, they had lawyers vet the the book, oh, and yes. and that's a scary moment when <laughs> yeah, they say, 
Because you're just so, writing alone at your desk, yeah, just thinking yeah. all your thoughts and putting it all down, and suddenly the lawyer, bro, my God. Yeah, and they said, they said so, um, and of course, I didn't name his aide right. who was abusive, but right. I, I cited her, and they yeah. said, so, um, you live in a small town? I said, yeah, and they said, <laughs> um, they said, um, and you describe her, is that a true description? I said, yes, and they said, um, yeah, you might want to change that. And I immediately had visions of her garroting me, you know, at the right. shop and shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nothing came of it. But wow, you know, well, that was well, wake it's up. True. Well, and one thing I've learned with because I write about myself a lot. I've written thousands mm-hmm. of essays and and stuff. Is that that it's it, the the detail. I mean, you, you want to paint a, a, a full picture, but. It, it, if you changed her from being white to black or black to white or to Latina or something, it, in the end, it doesn't really matter because all it matters is what it felt like to be with her and right. what she did. And, and, and the, right. all those details are kind of insignificant in a way. It's true. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely not true. However, I also realized that I wrote intimately about my husband and, and, and me. Yeah. And I actually, he did not read it until the end, until it was finished. He didn't and read he didn't, it as it was coming along. Well, that was probably and, smart. That yeah. was probably smart. <laughs> yeah. And, and he yeah, was okay? He, he was like, he didn't he was say, fine. okay. No, he was, fine. he was fine. He was fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny. I, I always tell a story because I, I was, I have, I'm married and I write about my wife and my right, my yeah. relationship to my wife, very important, big part of my life, raising kids, just being, and there was one point I remember I was going to I was writing, working on this book and I was like, I said, Jen. I want to write about that thing you have, that little issue you've got, that thing that you go through. And she just looked at me and said, you cannot write about that. <laughs> you don't get to write about that. But I'll tell you, Marianne, I actually thought to myself, you know what? I can if I want, but I will have to deal, I, I will have to deal with it. And I right. decided it wasn't right. worth it, so I didn't. Right. But that was right. the only time I passed it by her, and she said, and no. <laughs> That's my story to tell. But he right. was okay with it, right. the whole thing. Well, poor Chris has arisen in many different essays, and but of mostly course. they're peons to how much, what a good, incredibly yeah. great father he was, and right. you know, uh, the kindest man I know. So, you know, they're all, it's all praise. <laughs> oh, well, so, so he's always okay with it. Well, and yeah, so, he's, he's cool. I also, you know, what I was impressed by, and and more so now that I realize how new you were to the form, was how artistically you handled um, Jesse. It was because you really let yourself, I don't know how else to say it, because there's a tendency sometimes with a memoir to be very sort of almost journalistic about it, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just your story and stuff has happened. But you made it into, and now you're writing about your son and you love him, and but you want to, but you allow, and you don't want to, your son isn't a work of art. He was a person. He is a person. Mm-hmm. He's a, not just a, but you let it, the book be, I felt artistic ultimately, um, and I quite I enjoyed it for you, that reason. I don't know what you I mean know. by artistic, though. Yeah, okay. I'm trying Explain to – I know. <laughs> well, so you let yourself handle it somewhat as a novelist would, even though oh. you know that, that you, you allowed yourself to bring that level of, of um, poetry to it and stream of consciousness to it. And, oh, well, that's and, interesting because, you know, right? I, I routinely read poetry before I write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you well, talk to other writers who do that? Well, I was thinking of the wonderful Andre Debuse who wrote. Oh my um, God, who was such a dear friend. You know, he is. Oh, you know him? Uh, oh my God, he's not only is he a really close friend. He is 
I, he is the most generous writer I know. He is. He, he is. He, that, that man is amazing. He is, he is. so kind. He's one of my favorite people. You must say hello to him I for will. me the next time you see him. He knows we. I've interviewed him many times. I love the guy. He's been very kind. And he, I, I was thinking of him because he, I, he reads poetry usually to get in the frame of mind. Yes, of we share that. We t- and, and wow. we share poets back and forth. Yes. No kidding. So, oh yeah. God, you know Andre. That is so cool. Oh, we are more we are we dear friends. Time. We we hang out all the time. And wow. he is the only person. My husband is a real loner. He's the only person too. He writes these books that are so serious and oh, yeah. beautiful, right? But. Yeah. Uh, he's he's the hilarious. I've ever, he's the only person I've ever seen make my husband drop to the ground in hysteria laughing. And I've never seen anyone else do that. I know. He is hilarious. Right. He's an odd guy no. that he's very funny, but his books are just deadly exactly. serious. You know, exactly. It's so funny. All right. We could talk about Andre, but he can get – I can interview him to talk about him. Um, <laughs> and so you write this book. so beautifully done, but then you decide you want to do it again. You're going right. to try and write another – and so what what happened with like what did you get the bug then what happened Well I you know my mother is such, was such an amazing I I was so interested in the idea of being a first generation daughter the fact is that the american culture of the 60s when i was growing up you know late 50s 60s yeah. was so uh intense that everyone yeah. be the same that everyone be assimilated yeah. into this white um, Protestant, you know, world. Right. And I just didn't, uh, you know, I had this mother who had a strong accent, who was very different from others. And I didn't really appreciate her until I got older. And then I realized, right. oh my God, it's it's just great right. that I was raised by this woman. But right. when I was a kid, it was like, well, I just, can't, I just wanted Donna Reed and not Anna Magnani, you know? Right. <laughs> so, right. You had the yeah. wrong mother, you thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But isn't it the way it goes that you always end up having the right parent? I mean, my parents, I love them both. I really was very close to my mom. My dad was an odd guy. But in looking back, they were the right ones for me in their own way. And I also developed developed a lot of compassion for the idea that she came here at 18, or it may have been 16. Yeah, I know. (laughs) An arranged marriage and a war and fascism. Is yeah. it's just jaw dropping to me because she was so protective of us, but yet yeah. here she is coming here and doing that. It, it really, but yet she had this mordant wit. She was very, very funny in a dark way. You know, a hearse would go by and she'd say, "Oh, there's my new car." You know, <laughs> she just, you know, wow. she was just hilarious. And uh, you know, there she was. She was a bookie. She booked numbers illegally. <laughs> Later, when she was, and she would she would go around taking her numbers, and she'd have my picture, and she'd be like, "You watch the Sopranos?" Oh, she was doing it. It was right right up until the end. Wow. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. No, she was hilarious, and uh, she uh, worshipped Chris. And you couldn't have found two different families. I thought there's a lot of material in here. I mean, the first time that. Our families both met. My husband was in England because we eloped. We we did not want any of this. So right, right. You know, his family call. His mother calls. 
I'm on a random visit home, and she's like, Marianne, Dad and I are here, and I had to invite them to dinner. And the first words I had to say to my mother was, don't say the F word to the Coopers, and <laughs> because that was a usual adjective right. for her. And wow. it was just <laughs> it was hilarious. Wow. The whole experience was insane. But So I thought, oh, it'll be good to write this about this. This is... Ma would be my mother would be actually she should star in her own sitcom and you know wow. weirdly I've written a, some fiction I've written some collected short stories that um, is really a no, it's a coming of age novel and connected standalone stories and right. the only character that I did not <clears throat> uh, create out of whole cloth besides the little girl is the mother because my mother was such an incredibly varied funny character there's no need to create a new one you know i made her the mother because have you ever did you ever use her as the foundation for a character that you were acting how could you not oh absolutely yeah i would have to right because you could probably do her cold can't you absolutely and i i just i also you know there was a morbid side to her too and a bitter side to her and um you know joanne Moltisanti was kind of like that you know like i've been wronged you know that right right uh, right. kind of like the mother and my brilliant friend too who's like just the distillation of every bitter drunken woman i've ever played so right but yeah Oh, so fascinating. So you just had to write about it. Had to write about your relationship, ultimately your relationship to her. Because even if you're writing about her, you're still really writing about yourself. It's really absolutely. It's it's about an evolution that happens. Yeah. And and it was interesting with Jesse and in, in between the two of us because there she was having trouble with the English language, and there he was nonverbal. You know. Right. And, yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was an interesting, you know, connection. So. And she did worship Chris, so she was that completely helps. stunned that he married me. She did not know what he thought. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mom. Exactly. Oh, well. <laughs> so. Well, that's fascinating. You know, it's an interesting thing about nonverbal communication. I think about that. My son, my son was is very verbal, but for a time he simply wouldn't talk to us. He would just talk to himself. So there was like it was maddening. Oh, so um, it was like selective mutism, right? Is that yeah, what they it kind of it? It was just like he just wouldn't. It was weird, and I just accepted it. I never pushed mm-hmm. him on it, you know. It's mm-hmm. st- it, he moved through that, but he mm-hmm. really he actually told me. He said, "You know, Dad, I loved you and Mom when I was young. I just wasn't interested. He, I just <laughs> couldn't be bothered." Wow. I was like, "Okay," wow. Uh, but there is a lot of most communication, I think, is nonverbal. Most yes, of it happens right. far that's beyond. What we I'm just a that's... word guy. That's the way we were trained as actors. I mean, the whole Meisner thing from the Neighborhood Playhouse is all about what's under the words, under the words. Right. You know, and I wrote about that in the book about Jesse, that we were the the right parents for him because we had been trained to look for what was under the words, you know, and it's really true. I always knew what he was saying, Uh, but I, you know, yeah. It was interesting because my dad is on the uh, Asperger's. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh-huh. Yes. And yeah. one of the challenges with that, it didn't occur to me until uh, we kind of realized, he kind of realized what was going on, that he was like that, that he had that aspect. And it was very hard for me as a kid because I would mm. talk to him, and I'm an emotional guy. I'm a storyteller. I connect right. emotionally. And so I didn't understand. He would kind of filter out the emotional content of my yes. words but hear the intellectual content. 
And I yeah. never felt like I was connecting to him because I didn't. I thought maybe I'm telling the story wrong. Maybe I'm not being interesting. But he would just filter that out. And it was really hard for me because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that's, you know? that's a different kind of – with Jesse, it was it was purely a physical reason why he couldn't speak. Right. You no, know I understand I mean? that. Yeah. And no, every once in a while, the synapses would flare co- correctly and the muscles in his mouth would – uh, for you know, be able to form, and he would say, right. "I love you," or you know, that "Thank must have you." Been just, or, oh, oh, it was God. a gift. Every single time oh, it was my a gift, God. a total gift. You know, so oh, man. yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Well, Marianne, I could talk to you for a long time. You're a very interesting. I know person. we have a lot in common. We yeah. do. We do. Yeah. And I will tell you, uh, you know, I would, and all parenting is challenging. I just feel like mm. when you have the kid with the special needs, all it does is is take the parenting challenge and crank it up about four notches it just takes everything and just exas and crank and makes it i don't know louder harder longer it's louder harder longer but it's also it's so uh, when you think of your child as teacher which i did um absolutely I thought, wow yeah. i have, yep. i i would never have learned this i, I mean you know i felt like my husband was a really good actor before we had Jesse. After we had right. Jesse, I felt like I, I just felt like he fine-tuned us into being better human beings wow. and, and raised up the empathy level, which empathy is what makes art. If you don't have yep. empathy, you can't yep. make art. And no. he was no. like this person who taught you empathy. And, uh, well, you, you, and you hit on it. Yeah. You, you hit on it in the book, which is a, it's unconditional love. And you think you know what unconditional love is until you That's have a right. kid who cannot, who will not, con, who cannot meet the what you thought of as the standard. And you right. love them exactly as they are. And right. when, if you can love him, you can maybe love yourself. Maybe, maybe. Right. <laughs> you know. Or other and, people when it's hard. Or other people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they are great teachers. I learned way more from my son than I think right. I ever taught him. You right. Know? So that's how it goes. All right. Well, listen. As I said, I could talk to you a long time, but our time has come to an end. But I'm not quite willing to let you go. Uh, <laughs> if I'd like you to finish this sentence for me, if writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Just writing. Period. If writing has taught me anything, it has taught me what freedom can really be. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. Well, Marianne, you're awesome. Your books are awesome. I hope there's more coming from you. Uh, And we'll have an Andre Andre talk again. (laughs) What's that? We'll have an Andre talk again sometime. We will. We will. Take it easy. Have fun back there in old Massachusetts. All right. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Yeah, people, freedom. Freedom. You know what? That's why I, when I wanted success, everybody, it was to be free. And I said, I got to find it. I got to find it on my own. Got to find it on my own, which I did. I'll be back again next week. Do this again. Thanks to my producer, RJ Jeffries. You're awesome. Thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>